Welcome to episode 36 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. 
New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, friends, this is Melanie. I have a quick announcement before we begin. As you likely know, the re-release of the What When Wine Diet, which is called What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, is now available to pre-order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. If you read the original book, this version is about 80% new content, and it has 50 amazing gluten-free recipes by celebrity chef Arian Resnick. But I have a special offer for listeners of our podcast. If you pre-order that book and send a picture of your receipt to preorder at ifpodcast.com, I'll send you a few fun things. First, I'll go ahead and send you the holiday recipes from the book. So that is a turkey with apple cranberry chutney, a root veggie mash, which is sort of like mashed potatoes without potatoes, a pumpkin pie, and a paleo pie crust recipe. And those are all just amazing. They also have wine pairings with them as well. You'll also get access to an online quiz to figure out your perfect IF approach. That'll be available starting November 13th. And then lastly, you'll be entered into a drawing to win a phone or a Skype call with me. So that'll be super fun, and I would love to talk to you. So yes, please pre-order that book and send a copy of your receipt to pre-order at ifpodcast.com. All right, thanks so much. Now enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 36 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. And Merry Christmas, Jen. Yes, when this airs, it will officially be Christmas Day. I know. It's crazy how that worked out. Yep. So before we start, I actually have two things that I've been meaning to tell you. Okay. I'm excited. Oh, I can't wait. So thing number one, do you remember on a previous podcast when I said I wanted to find a solution to sitting and staying active at the same time. Yes. And that's why I always stand when I do everything. I was at Ross or TJ Maxx or one of those stores the other day, and I found this cushion thing. It's called balance cushion. Have you heard of it? No, but I figured it was going to be something like that. Something that, yeah. I'm sitting on it right now. Oh, so it keeps your core engaged. Yeah, it makes you unbalanced all the time. So you have to constantly stay. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Good Good for the core. So I'll put a link to that and the uh, stuff we like. For listeners listening, if you go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like, that's where we put all the stuff that we like. And I definitely like this. And then the second thing is I have a confession. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear that. That's even better. <laughs> I have started drinking bulletproof coffee with the MCT oil. During the fast? Yes. All right. Well, look, you're not trying to lose fat, so. I'm actually, I'm trying to gain weight. Okay. And so I was like, I, you know, I'm going to try having some bulletproof coffee. And I tried for the for the first time in a while a few days ago and – it was great. You know, that's that's just an important point. You're 
you're not trying to lose weight. And I think that's the key. People think think that the Bulletproof Coffee is going to make them lose more weight and extra weight. And that's the part that's not true. If you're trying to burn fat from your body, then ingesting extra fat, your body's going to burn that instead. You know, I talk about that in my blog post, Coffee, Coffee, Coffee. <laughs> How do I love thee? Um, on jenstevens.com. But if you are not trying to lose weight and trying to gain weight, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I do think that is the key. And that's always been sort of my mindset about it, but I hadn't really thought about it. Well, good. Good. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. It's just most people who try to include it are also... They're doing it to lose weight, which... Right. They think that's going to cause more weight loss and it's not. Yeah, I agree. If you've got the fat to lose, <laughs> then I would stay away. But if you're at maintenance or even trying to gain weight, I think that would work well. Yeah. Well, good. And I also, it makes me hungrier. I'm one of those people. Well, that's the weird thing. It does make me hungry. So, yeah, I don't know. Any, anything like that makes me hungrier. I'll report back in like a few weeks. All right. Well, this is the start of a new experiment. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Anything new with you? Well, we're, you know, just the, the normal holiday stuff, really. You know, I've had boy, both of my boys home from college, which has been really nice. It's so nice, and the one that goes to Georgia Tech, he's home a lot less because he goes and he spends the summer, um, you know, interning, and he's only home a little bit. He's actually at the mountains with his friends right now, so he went for three nights, and um, but, you know, having him home for a couple of weeks is, is a good stretch. The other one, he's been home since Thanksgiving because they're on the quarter system, so I'm ready for him to go back to college. Oh, man. <laughs> it's that time. Yeah, the, he, he left the nest. The nest was empty, and now he's been back for... A month, so. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. For listeners, just so you know, this is a special Christmas episode, so we're going to do things a little bit different, not no listener Q&A today. Stay tuned. Here we go. We're thrilled to bring you Health IQ as the very first sponsor of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Health IQ is a life insurance agency rather than a broker, which uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, like our intermittent fasting listeners. They can give our listeners exclusive rates, but you have to qualify by taking their online lifestyle quizzes based on everything from the metabolism to the paleo diet to, and I'm not making this up, people who like wearable weights like me. They personally guide you all throughout the life insurance process to make it easy and even fun. To see if you qualify, you can get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash fasting. Or you can mention the promo code fasting when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Totally check them out. We think you'll love them. So we have some feedback, first of all, from David. And I have to say, we have some from David and some from Melissa. And I absolutely love this feedback that we've gotten. They're both about episode 35. And they're they're two endurance athletes, which I think is fascinating because as as our listeners know, neither Melanie nor I are endurance athletes. So it's great to hear from from two people who really live it. So this is what David had to say about episode thirty five. He said, "Hey Melanie, great job on the exercise discussion on episode thirty five. Thanks for including my feedback. You covered lots of great points and provided great resources. Interesting side note that might benefit your endurance athlete listeners." I've competed in multiple endurance events, 
Iron Man, Half Iron Man, stage bike races, marathons and half marathons, Spartan races for the past 15 years. I feel like IF is much easier for me since the body is very familiar with tapping into fat stores and sparing glucose slash glycogen. The majority of endurance training and racing is done at moderate intensity aerobic paces. The body must adapt and get familiar with fat burning in order to be successful. So I encourage experienced, I would say at least one year, endurance trained individuals to try this. IF seems to be a natural progression and I'm feeling pretty supercharged since starting. I will say I no longer compete in long endurance races, but I easily complete one-hour runs at moderate intensity and strength training sessions while fasted. Black coffee helps. Thanks again, and keep up the great work, David. So I loved hearing that. Yeah, that was wonderful. And, and David was actually – we actually addressed his question on that endurance episode. So that's the same, David. So it's great to hear from you, David. And then um, the next one is from Melissa, and her subject is endurance running follow-up. And she said, hi, I just listened to the recent episode that had questions about endurance running while fasting. I just ran my first 100-mile ultra marathon, 27 hours. Now, this is just me, side note, and I'm just thinking, wow, wow. <laughs> I can't even imagine a 100-mile ultramarathon every 27 hours. I'm so in awe of people who that is their thing and that they can do that. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I could stay awake for 27 hours, much, much less running. So anyway, Melissa, you are you are my hero. Um, anyway, Melissa says, I began IF while in the middle of training. It took It only took me about two weeks to adjust to running while fasted. I was able to run up to 27 miles at a time while in the fasted state. I would only consume water and salt. The salt is important due to all the sweating. I like S-cap salt stick pills. They do not contain any sugar. Running while fasted gives you even energy rather than the ups and downs you get when running on sugar and carbs. To avoid the spikes and lows of energy when I needed to eat while running, I ate beef jerky or beef sticks, which are individually wrapped and easy to carry. As far as race day, runners should do whatever they did in training. I trained fasted, so I began my 100-mile race fasted. Hopefully, that's helpful. First-hand information. Love the show. Melissa. And yes, Melissa, that was extremely helpful information to get from someone who has lived it. Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) And then one other little feedback thing we do have, we had two listeners actually write in about leaving reviews for the podcast because we discussed how some of the listeners have problems with that. So we got one email from Gina and she said, hi, Melanie, I enjoy listening to you and Jen and wanted to review the podcast on iTunes from my phone, but struggled to find where to do this. I think you mentioned others were having some trouble too. I just wanted to share what I discovered in case anyone were to ask you. First, you have to be logged into iTunes. I guess it isn't necessarily a requirement when listening. Second, I had to search intermittent fasting in order to be under the podcast tab rather than the podcast episodes. Once you are under the podcast, viewers can tap reviews and then tap write a review. Hope this makes sense. Kindly, Gina. So totally appreciate that, Gina. Thank you. And then another listener, Sarah, wrote in and she said, Hi, I think I solved a challenge for people trying to add reviews to iTunes. I couldn't get mine to send until I came up with a new unique nickname. It doesn't tell you why it won't send, but I googled a bit and that seems to be the key. The tip is to write your review, 
add the headline and press send. It will then prompt for a nickname and star rating. If it doesn't send, your nickname has already been used. Good luck. The podcast is wonderful. So thank you, Sarah and Gina. We really, really appreciate that information. All right. So shall we jump into our special Christmas episode today? Yes. I'm excited. I feel like we should have Christmas music playing in the background. That might be too much. I've been watching all the Hallmark Channel Christmas movies and it's just... Have you? Because I'm um, moving. I'm in a new apartment now. So while organizing and everything, I've been watching all the movies. I love them. Oh, I haven't watched a single holiday movie. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I can't get my son to watch Elf with me this year. He's like, no. My sister and brother are obsessed with Elf. I love Elf. And I also, have you seen Love Actually? Yes, but not since freshman year of college. Oh, gosh. Well, then you need to watch it again. I do need to. Oh, it's so good. Those are my two favorites. You watch the the real the real Christmas movies. I watch like the TV Hallmark ones. Yeah, where they release literally fifteen new ones each year, and half of them had the same actors and actresses. I love it so much. That's funny. I was just I was um, I saw some friends this past weekend, and um, one of my friends said that she and her daughter have been watching all those, and she named the characters, and it was like all the same characters. Yeah, she said the same thing. It's all the same characters. Like all- Candace Cameron, is she one of them? Yep. Candace Cameron. That's a yes. Okay. <laughs> there's Candace Cameron. There's the girl from Mean Girls who plays Gretchen. She's in like all of them. I don't know. It's like you don't know their names, but this is what they do. They do the Christmas. You just know who they movies, are. Yeah. And they do all of them. And she said there's like one storyline that they all share or something. Like they're all the same. Oh, oh. Do you know who else is one of the actor- actresses now? You know the Wonder Years? Yes. Oh, uh, Winnie? Oh, I love yes. her. Yes, she started doing the Christmas movies, and now she does about three a year. Love it. Well, I'll have to watch one, because this is the second time in a week that someone has talked about them, so. Actually, the best one ever made, it's called Borrowed Hearts. I'm going to write it down. And then this year, the one I liked the best so far was called Coming Home for Christmas. I liked that one. Okay. All right. I've made, made a list. So for this episode, Jen and I decided to individually come up each with five intermittent fasting benefits for the holidays and then also five intermittent fasting or just tips really. I don't know if if they're all intermittent fasting specific, but um, five tips for the holidays. And we're going to see, it's like our little game. We're going to see if we, if any of ours match up and um, discuss them a bit. So shall we start with the benefits or the tips? Do you want me to start by reading my first holiday benefit? Sure. And I'll let you know if that's one of mine. Okay. My first holiday benefit is one that actually I've heard people talking about in the Facebook groups as their favorite benefit. And that is you're not searching for that new diet that you're going to start on January 1st. And the fact that is that you're living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, so you don't have to Find that new diet. You're living it already. That is so brilliant. Why did I not think of that? Well, it's it's <laughs> just, it's one of those things that, that we frequent dieters remember every year. Like, so what am I going to do in January? And you don't have to do that anymore. Just keep living your life. That was number one. Yep. You, you want me to read my second? Sure. All right. 
My second favorite holiday benefit of intermittent fasting is that all of the foods I want to eat, my favorite holiday foods, I can enjoy them guilt-free in my eating window. And here's a really funny, funny thing about that. I often find I don't want them. That's interesting. You know, I have permission to eat them. Like yesterday, um, you know, this is airing on Christmas Day, but yesterday was not Christmas Eve because in the real world we record this early. But <laughs> yesterday I was I was at school and I got a whole bunch of treats from my students and I brought them home and it was like cookies and cake and hot cocoa, things I don't normally have all around. And I was like, I'm going to have something after dinner as dessert. Well, after dinner I was full. And I didn't want any. And you were good. Yeah. So I was like, I could eat all my favorite foods guilt-free as long as I can fit them in. <laughs> I guess I have a similar one. Okay. So because one of mine is reduced stress surrounding everything. Just because you don't you have to stress about what you're eating as much. And um, that's also going to result in better digestion. So you'll digest your food better. So I think that In the intermittent fasting world, you just lose so much stress around food and what you're eating and, oh, no, will I gain weight from this and how is this going to affect me and everything. So, um, yeah, that was one of mine. So it's sort of I think so. And it it just is so important because we've all, you know, had those moments over the holidays in years past where we're like, I should not eat this, you know, but we eat it anyway. And instead, you don't have to feel that way. It's true. Except I I sort of have a caveat. One of my tips is sort of – the opposite. You'll see. We'll, we'll get to it. So table that. <laughs> okay. All right. The third benefit of an intermittent fasting lifestyle is that you don't have that holiday weight gain that you have had before. You know, I know there are people who are trying to still lose weight over the holiday seasons or over the holiday season with intermittent fasting, and they may be doing a little more plateauing and maintaining versus actual losing. Although I know there are some people who are losing weight right now um, over the holidays. But You know, so many people, I don't know what the statistic is. You know, everyone gains like five pounds over the holiday season. What do you know? So, oh my goodness. Did you look this up? So I did. Oh, see. And I have the same one and I have the the research. (laughs) Well, I have no research. This is, (laughs) but what is the, what is the number? Okay. Well, so first of all, yeah, one of mine was eat all you want and maintain or even lose weight. Yeah. So most people seem to think that they gain around 10 pounds or so. That's what they think they gain during the holiday season. They they actually think apparently the official is 7 to 10 pounds holiday weight gain. My guess was 5. What is it? I'm, I'm so curious. This is an older study, um, so things might have changed. But there was a 2000 New England Journal of Medicine study. So the claim back in 2000 was similar as it is today about how much people think that they gain weight. They collected data of how much people actually gain, and they found that the weight gain from mid-November to mid-January was actually less than one pound. Oh, that's interesting. And less than 10% of the participants gained five pounds or more. But they did find that... It was overall more weight gain than the rest of the year and that people don't lose that weight, Yeah, which is interesting. Like it stays with you. Every year you put it on. See, I wonder, since they did it in mid-January as the end point, I wonder, because by then people have already like started their diet. That's true. So I wonder how much of that 
comes into play, you know, because people started their diet January 2nd, you know, and then by mid-January, people have lost their first little round of weight. True. And they don't have like the the bloating and like all the water weight. Yeah. Like I would like to know what people weigh on on January 2nd, not what they weigh mid-January. And it probably could easily be 10 pounds, but we've talked about this a ton on other episodes. And I think this is a wonderful thing for us to be discussing and uh, bring up. It's a lot of it is water weight and it's temporary and also goes to show the body is really good at maintaining the weight that it wants to maintain. So for listeners, motivation, even if you do gain weight, I mean, it's probably temporary, especially with intermittent fasting, you're going to be, you're going to be good to go. That's what we find. People go on vacation or they, they have a, um, a holiday and it's usually gone within a week. That's one of the great things about intermittent fasting. You're not even going to gain that actual pound. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. You ready for number four? Yes. Um, The benefit is that if you are doing an intermittent fasting lifestyle and you have an eating window, that works very well with our holiday social events because you can fast during the day like normal and then you open your window at your holiday event and then you can enjoy yourself. You don't have to feel like you're on a diet. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. It works out well. And then the last one I had is that if you continue your intermittent fasting style over the holidays, you get to feel great every day, just like normal, and you don't get that sluggish holiday feeling. You know, um, I'm an elementary teacher, and so we tend to, at schools, have food and celebration. And I am not kidding when I say that the last two weeks of school before Christmas break, every day, there was like, come to the office, we have cake. Come to the office, we have wassail. Come to the office. We have hot cocoa for you. And so, you know, come to the office. We have lattes. I mean, really, it was constant every single day. And we had two different Christmas days where people brought food, not to mention the one we had at Thanksgiving when everybody brings, like, snacks and treats. And, I mean, it is everywhere. So that's why I think a lot of people feel sluggish all the time because you're eating all this festive food during the day. You dorm- Normally, people, I think, don't eat like this every single day. But it's like we feel like we have to over the holidays. But I'm now at the point where I'm not tempted to to partake in these celebrations because I f- would feel better not doing it. So instead of getting that afternoon lull because I participated in all the, the food, I feel great. That's a really good point. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Like the social yeah. aspect, everything. I think I cover the social aspect and my tips a lot. It's kind of like a a defensive, like a, a special power. Like a, you it know. It really feels like that, you know. Yesterday we had our, and again, this is because we record this ahead of time, but we had our end of the year luncheon where the, the kids go home early and then the teachers have a luncheon that's catered. And um, I didn't eat at the luncheon. And I didn't feel sorry that I wasn't eating. I gave myself permission to eat if I wanted to, like if I if the food looked really good and if I really wanted it. But I didn't, and it didn't. So, <laughs> so I just sat there, and somebody was like, "Aren't you so hungry?" I'm like, "No. If I was, I would eat. If I wanted to, yeah. I could." That's a really good point. But it wasn't worth it, so I didn't. All right. So what what do you have? So the overlap that we had was you can eat all you want, basically, and maintain or even lose. They reduce stress. So my first one was that it's no different than a normal day, really. I mean, it's just different food options for holiday get-togethers. But if you maintain your intermittent fasting window, if you do a Christmas dinner or something. That's right. 
it's a nice big meal and you stop when you've had enough. That's exactly what it's like. You know, because, you know, I have to say, we're feasting every day of the year, right? <laughs> so we don't have to feel like guilty for having that big Christmas meal because that's also how I ate on September 10th and July 4th. And well, July 4th is a holiday, July 9th, you know, we eat like that every day. Yeah. So another one I had that you did not have was food tastes better, I think. What's well, kind of similar to you talking about not wanting certain foods. Right. But when you do the intermittent fasting lifestyle and you wait until you're, you know, really ready for that food, it just tastes so much more delicious and you crave the really good things. So then for your holiday get-togethers with all the food, you can gravitate towards the things that are actually good for you rather than the this is like what you're talking about, the the treat. Yeah, because those are the things you actually want. You know, and that's the luncheon we had was it was barbecue sandwiches and it was macaroni and cheese, but it was like restaurant macaroni and cheese, not like the kind I could make that would be better. And it just, it wasn't as, wasn't what, you know, I wanted. <laughs> so I wanted to wait for something that really tasted good when I got home. So my last one, and this one's sort of silly, but it's kind of true. I wrote show off. Which is bad, but like, <laughs> like you can you can go to these events and eat all the things, and still maintain your weight or even lose weight. So it feels kind of cool. Now, that is really <laughs> funny that you say that because we had our school Christmas party um, a while back, not the one I was just talking about, but a nighttime party at a, um, at a country club where it was like catered and the food was really good, and um, yeah. I think I had more food on my plate than anybody there, including like the men. I ate a bigger dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I ate as much, you know, I had a big old plate of food. And and it does feel you're like, look at me, I'm eating this giant plate of food. <laughs> but I did like really have a lot of veggies. There's like a veg, veggie lasagna. And I like got a whole lot of that. I have a uh, in my book, which comes out January 2nd. Oh, quick plug for listeners. It's not too late. You can still pre-order that on Amazon. It's called What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I do have a, uh, a pre-order incentive going on that I talked about in the intro to this. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, so it has 50 recipes by celebrity chef Ariane Resnick, and one of them is a breaded veggie bake that's gluten-free. Yeah. I might have to add extra gluten, but I would like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I would like a veggie bake. That sounds good. If you ever want to make it and report back about how you like it, that'd be awesome. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait. I do love anything veggie. All right. Shall we jump into our five? Yes. Do you want to read yours first this time? Okay. Okay. So my first tip I'm really excited about, It's and it's kind of complex, it's do and do not bring your own food. Do you have anything about bringing your own food? No. So <laughs> for do not bring your own food, for um, social gatherings and such – and we've talked about this before, but I really recommend not bringing your own complete meal. Yeah. But do – I mean, this is more for people who have uh, food intolerances and are just worried about eating certain things. I would really recommend that you bring 
from home to a social gathering, something that you know is friendly to your body and tasty for others as well. And then you can munch on that if there's not something at the uh, get together that suits your sensitive digestive system. And this is me mostly just speaking from people like me, but. (laughs) And I think that even if it's not one of those like communal meals, if you told the hostess ahead of time, say, I would like to bring something too. You know, if it was like a dinner that she was cooking, say, I would also like to bring something. What do you feel about me bringing, you know, such and such and just let her know. Then there'll be definitely something you could eat. But let her know, because if you show up to a dinner party and she's cooked everything and you've got something weird. (laughs) And, you know, some hostesses, you know, it might not match their dining wear. You know, people can be. (laughs) I used to always, growing up, throw the most intensely themed parties. Like for a Halloween party, I'd have like a cake that would be a spider with, and it had green jello on the inside. So when you cut into it. That's fun. All right, what's what's your second one? So my second tip is if you if there's a day when you know that you're going to kind of go crazy, maybe Christmas, actual Christmas day, which would be today. <laughs> and maybe it's too late for this first tip, but uh you could you could have done a shorter window yesterday. <laughs> a shorter eating window. Um and you can also do a shorter eating window or a longer fast tomorrow. If you're trying to lose weight especially still even with the holidays and you still want to do that even with all the the food and kind of push in your big days by doing doing some extended fasting on other days basically yeah i think that's a good one i did not have that one either uh so for number three it goes back to the social events again and it's um i don't think you should feel pressure to have to eat anything um yeah okay i have one that's almost that exact similar Yeah. The events are about the family and Christmas and getting together. And I mean, that's where the focus should be. And you don't have to eat anything, especially if you know it's going to make you feel not so great the next day. You don't don't feel it. Don't don't eat something to make somebody else feel good. Right. Like do what makes you feel good and enjoy the company and let that be the focus. So what was yours? Well, I just, I said, at, you know, at a party, no one notices what you're eating and drinking. And so you feel like you're under some spotlight that you're not, you know, partaking, but you're really not. Like I remember um, a New Year's Eve when I was trying to lose weight and I had just had a very, this was New Year's Eve of 2014, which is right in the middle of my weight loss journey. So as we were transitioning from 2014 into 2015. And I had had, you know, an indulgent Christmas. I was doing a little, some alternate day fasting at that time. Kind of like you said in your last tip, I was, you know, having a day of eating more than a day of the fasting. And so when New Year's Eve came around, I went to a party and I thought, you know, I could have one more indulgent day or I could just say I've had enough of this. And, you know, I, I, that's what I decided to do. So I just drank water at that New Year's Eve party. I didn't even drink champagne. I didn't eat any of the food. I ate before I went and just drank water at the party and no one even cared or noticed or thought about it or said, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And so I think we worry a lot about what people are going to think about what we're doing. And if they had said, um, you know, why aren't you drinking? I could just say, well, I just don't feel like it today. I mean, 
it's nobody's problem while I'm not drinking, right? <laughs> or, you know, why are you not eating a big plate of food? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm not hungry right this minute. So, but people mainly, like I said, just didn't notice. But people feel like they're so, so self-conscious. Like we get a lot of this in the Facebook groups. People are like, oh, I've got to go to a holiday breakfast, but I don't want to eat. What do I do? We're like, don't eat. Or if it's really awesome, eat. You know, decide. But don't eat because you feel pressured to. I think that's the key. You shouldn't. There's no reason that. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is people who are still not quite confident with the intermittent fasting lifestyle and they worry about the judgment. Because once you're confident and you've lived it, you no longer really care about the judgment. But for people who are early days or if they've dieted on and off a lot of the years and then people are like, oh, this is just another one of your crazy things, then you're a little more self-conscious about it and you don't want to get that flack from people. You know, you want, once you've been doing it for long enough that people understand it's your lifestyle, then you don't even care. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the responses when people if people do care, so when people do notice, a lot of times I think it comes out of their own insecurities. Because I remember before I focused on like health and nutrition and food and all that stuff, like growing up when I had health, quote, healthy friends who stuck to healthy eating patterns and everything, I would I would get resentful in a way. I know what you mean. You would feel you would feel almost like like guilty for enjoying something because yeah, they were not because and they then it were made not. you feel bad. Like it made you feel like a bad person. And like if I was at a dinner um you know with a friend who wouldn't have dessert or something, I would I would get annoyed and when it it shouldn't have mattered, you know. Right. But I know what you mean. You're like, what are you over there not eating dessert? You yeah, know, it's I like, get it. It's I like get you it. can have just one bite. I used to be that person, but um, right, yeah. So don't worry about the pressure, listeners. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I have. Don't use the holiday get together as an excuse to yourself to eat something that you know will make you feel bad. So all of that said. If you if you know that certain foods do well with you, you know, eat all you want, go for it. But if you if there is a food that especially if you're like, you know, celiac or intolerant to gluten, I mean, you can you can eat it and you can feel bad that that's your own personal decision, but for me personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think you should use the holiday as an excuse to eat something, especially if you know it'll um hurt your body personally. Right. So <laughs> at Thanksgiving, actually, one of my relatives made me a special gluten-free stuffing. And um, and it was super delicious. <laughs> and I knew it was gluten-free, but I also knew that it had ingredients in it. And I didn't talk about this before. I also knew, knew that it had ingredients in it that I personally react to, like nightshades and stuff like that. Um, but so this kind of combines some of the points we talked about. But I ate it because I, um, because I really, really appreciated her making it, um, and it was really good. But then it did actually make me sick. So I don't know. That's a complicated topic because right, that's really complicated actually. Well, it is because you know we've been raised with certain good manners of like, thank you, I'm going to eat this food you made for me, and so you wanted to to do that for her 
Uh, but, and then I, but then I was non-functional the next day. Here's the thing, though. Like, I have a son with a shellfish allergy, and he cannot have shellfish, and he will have anaphylactic problems. And, you know, if someone made him a real nice shrimp dip, he would say, no, I cannot eat that. So you have to do that, too. So things got complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a tr- tricky subject. but It is tricky, yeah. And sometimes you think maybe it won't be so bad, and then you try it, and it is. Right? Yeah, that, that's exactly – that's exactly you expecting what I was. It to so, be like yeah, that. I was like, you know what? I was like, this is a, a, a get together and I really appreciate her making this and it's gluten free. And so I'm just going to enjoy it. And I, on the one hand, it could have been amazing and I could have woken up the next day and been fine. Or it could have been not so fine, which it ended up being not so fine. And I couldn't really move the next day. Uh, I think that really just teaches you what you can and can't have. You know, our bodies um, let us know. True. So, so that was, it was a, a learning, learning experience. experiment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, like, you know, last Christmas, Christmas of 2016, when um, the last day of school, when I had all those treats sitting on my desk and we had the luncheon coming up, I was like, I'm going to eat the treats. It's one day I can do it. And then I felt horrible after I ate them. And I know that I don't do well when I eat sugar to open my window or, like, have a cookie. I can have a cookie after on my meal, but I don't do well when I open with one. But you just have to keep learning some of these lessons. So there was, like, a 0% chance I was going to eat a cookie to open my window yesterday just because I know how it makes me feel. That's a really good point. And that's one of my mottos in life is seeing everything as a learning experiment. Right. Um, it does If something negative comes from it. It's you can grow from it. Absolutely. And then my last one, I just really encourage listeners not to stress about anything. I mean, that's really hard to do. But um, with intermittent fasting, with your food choices, with, with holidays, in the end, it's the moments with family I think that matter. And you can keep everything in mind with how foods make you feel, with how you want to do your window. But in the end, I think you should focus on other things, on the on Christmas, on New Year's, on the family. Yeah, I had that one. Uh, no guilt. And don't, you know, the quote, I'm good or quote, I'm bad, get rid of that. Yeah, morality costs, yeah. no. <laughs> right, you know, and, and you weren't bad for eating that food that, that she fixed for you. And, and, you know, I wouldn't have been bad if I ate a cookie. Oh, this is really funny. One time um, – I can't remember when it was. It was the last time I ate a cookie at school. <laughs> I posted in my Facebook book group. I, in the, the group, I said, I ate a cookie. It was like an oatmeal raisin cookie. I was like, I ate an oatmeal raisin cookie to open my window, and now I feel bad, and I think I've learned this lesson for the, the last time. And here's what's hilarious. I meant I felt physically bad. But people thought I meant that I felt guilty. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because I didn't feel guilty. See, I've, I've completely lost all guilt related to food. I said, I said, I keep learning that I can't open my window with something like a cookie. And every time I eat it, I, and I said, I ate this cookie and now I feel bad. That's so And I meant I felt physically bad. But people interpreted it to mean that I felt guilty and I didn't, which is what's so funny. And I'm like, oh, that is not what I meant at all. But that's so interesting. Because haven't we all felt guilty from eating something before? But I no longer feel that way. You know, really, there's nothing I could eat that would make me feel guilty. But it could make me feel physically bad. 
It was just a very interesting thing. So we need to lose that good slash bad, you know, feeling about what, what we're eating. And so have a cookie. Eat it at a time that makes you feel good, though. <laughs> like after a meal, I can have a cookie and I don't feel physically bad. I just don't do well with something straight sugar and straight refined going straight into my system. Just what I've learned. All right. Okay, so are you ready for I still have three that we haven't said okay, yet. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. And um my very one best tip for all of you. I said it in delay, don't deny, and I think I've said it before on the podcast. I know I have. And as with, with New Year's Eve coming up in a week, um be careful with alcohol. If you're an intermittent faster, especially if you're new to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, you know, all of these holiday events, you have the alcohol at them. Your body is going to handle alcohol differently than it used to <laughs> before you were an intermittent faster. So just really make sure you eat before you drink and um, and don't get surprised. <laughs> yeah, especially New Year's Eve, you know. You go to a party and you're like superstar sticking to your window and you get to the party and they give you a drink and then you're just like barely munching on food because you're socializing and but you're having your drinks, then... You're going to have a problem later because don't ask me how I know. <laughs> I'm guessing I probably know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone knows. But that's just my, my number one holiday tip for everybody, especially as, as New Year's Eve approaches. Oh, I do have a funny story, though. Last week I went to something with um, two friends from college called the 12 Bars of Christmas. And it was like you went to 12 oh gosh, bars. See, that sounds so <laughs> not appealing to me. Oh, my gosh. Well, no. I'm way, way too, like, not fun anymore. I um, I, I tried to eat a lot of food. I tried to drink water. They sent me home at, like, 9 p.m. Yeah. They're like, You're done. Jen, You're go done. home. And they, they <laughs> stayed out till 2. But they sent me home. <laughs> because I just, I can't. I just can't do it. And I was, you know, trying to be strategic. And I had a big meal. And then I had lots of water in between. And I didn't drink a whole drink everywhere I've just drink some of it anyway but yeah all right well I have two more and um one of them is is kind of a two-part and it is be flexible to fit holiday events like you know Christmas day for example you know we start with a brunch we have more eating during the day I'm going to start eating with the brunch because that's when my family puts forth our, our big spread. It's good food, and I love the food, and it's worth eating. But even though you're being flexible to fit in the holiday events, you need to prioritize where you're making these choices and make sure that it's worth it and only flex your window if it really is something that's going to be worth having. You know, just because I'm opening my window early on Christmas Day, that doesn't mean that now I'm just going to make an excuse to just eat, eat, eat nonstop crazy all day. I'm still going to listen to my my satiety signals. I'm going to stop if I'm full, and I'm not going to make myself feel sick from eating too much. Yeah, yeah. But but do be flexible. Be flexible with the holiday, and don't say, oh, I don't eat brunch because my window is at 5. No, I'm going to have brunch, and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of that brunch because it's worth having. But um. You know, I, I, we like to call it being a food snob. You know, if the food is worth it, you're, you know, it's it's the holidays. You know, have it if it's not going to make you feel physically bad, right? <laughs> and then my very last one kind of like spins right off of that one, and it's a quote that I heard. I don't know who who said this quote, but I heard it a couple years ago, and it really stuck with me. And it's um, 
I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. It's it's not what you do between Christmas Day and New Year's Day that matters. It's what you do between New Year's Day and Christmas Day. So, you know, we feel guilt from years and years of dieting, but this is the time of the year when you are, are celebrating with your family. And, you know, even this, this week between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, you know, that's not going to make or break you. It's what you do the rest of the year that matters. That's, that's a wonderful point. I love I that. I love that's that a wonderful so way much. to end our discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, this was wonderful. Any final thoughts on all of this? Just Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to everybody. everybody. And God bless us, everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember... The opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week. <laughs>